welcome to the Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. Serenity Prayer God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. I will not mind be done. Okay, and for those who are listening, I'm Steve, I'm a sexaholic. Hey Steve. And I'm here with Lee. I'm Lee, I'm a sexaholic. Hi Lee. And uh, we're waiting on some folks who um, apparently have forgotten what's at the top of page 64, where it says, attend every meeting on time. Um so anyway, um, we have been talking about uh, how to get sober in the white book. Um, uh, page 77 is very important, and we've, we've looked at page 77 often, um, especially the first uh, paragraph. Uh, it says, How It Works, the Practical Reality. This title is adapted from Chapter 5 of Alcoholics Anonymous, entitled How It Works. The books, Alcoholics Anonymous and 12 Steps and 12 Traditions, the 12 and 12, constitute the basic text of the original 12-step program. This section uh, is not intended to be a comprehensive exposition of the steps. Our aim here is to try to get at the essential purpose of each step or group or group of steps so that they can readily be put into action. The essay program is a program of action. Um, so uh, we start... Uh, each each uh, meeting with with a um, reminder that the white book is a tool for using the program of Alcoholics Anonymous to recover from sexaholism. In the history of our fellowship, our founder had no SA meetings, had no white book. He, he ended up writing the white book, but his experience was is that he attended AA meetings and got an AA sponsor, and he applied the solution. To to for that, that alcoholics applied to uh, uh, alcoholism, he applied that solution to his sexaholism. He was not an alcoholic. I, I believe I believe that's true, and uh, but he he um, was definitely a sexaholic, uh, which we can uh, uh, we're not convinced we can read uh, a personal story at the beginning of the white book, and that's his story. So. Um, um, we are uh, looking at how to use the white book in conjunction with the big book to uh, become sexually sober and experience uh, a way of living that allows us to be usefully and happily whole, as is promised at the beginning of the 12 and 12. And uh, now Lauren is joining us. Want to say hi, Lauren? Hey, everybody. Who are you? <laughs> Warren. Hey, Warren. Okay, so we are just looking at page 77 for our starting, and then there's a very nice uh, couple of paragraphs after that. Lee, do you want to read, uh, starting with Everything Begins with Sobriety? I'm Lee. I'm a sexaholic. Hey, Lee. Everything begins with sobriety. Without sobriety, there is no program of recovery. But without reversing the deadly trait that underlie our addiction, there is no positive and lasting sobriety. To recover from a life based on wrong attitudes, self-obsession, separation, false connections, blindness, and spiritual death requires a program of action that includes a fundamental change in attitude, character, change, character, change, union, the true connection, self-awareness, and spiritual life. Working the principles of the steps as a new way of living has made this happen for us. No matter how well they are explained, understood, or believed, however, the steps mean nothing unless they are actually worked out in our thinking and living. The steps don't work unless we work them. 
We will try to present a realistic picture of our own experiences in recovery. We trust this will shed light on the path ahead for others and communicate in a direct and personal way how the program works for us. If it seems our feet are too much on the earth, that is because no one of, not one of us have ever worked the steps perfectly. The road was up and down, smooth and rocky. Sometimes we were surrounded by beautiful vistas. At others, we were in a fog and saw nothing but the placing of one foot in front of the other as we trugged ahead. At times, we experienced great joy. At other times, doubt, uncertainty, depression, and fear. At times, it seemed we were running with winged feet. At others, standing still, and still others that were that we were losing ground. But we found that once on this road, something deep within told us it was the right path for us. We simply knew it, and that was enough to keep us going. Whatever our experience, we found it to be the greatest adventure of our lives. And my sponsor pointed something out uh, about that uh, greatest adventure. Um, uh, it may be a quote from The Hobbit, um, that adventures are only fun in the retelling. Um, maybe it wasn't, uh, uh, what some, of, some of the adventure was not so fun. And certainly the beginning of my recovery was not, was not that, uh, that fun either. Um, notice all this good stuff that happens uh, after the steps are, are worked out in our lives. Um, it's easy to read all that and forget what the first sentence that Lee read was, which is, Lee... Everything begins with sobriety. Everything begins with sobriety. So it goes on to say that sobriety is just the beginning. It's just the beginning. But you cannot get the adventure without getting the beginning. And that's the purpose of, of, of Sobriety 101. Um, uh, there are folks who, who uh, come into SA, and I've heard many people talk about uh, make a big deal about that some people come to SA and immediately get a sponsor and start working the steps and, and become sober and, and die sober. And other people come to SA and relapse and relapse and relapse, and some of them die uh, in their disease, and other ones eventually get sober. Um, and, uh, you know, to me, I don't, I don't think there's anything to do with that. I mean, there's just sexaholism and there's recovery. And I can, you know, I'm a sexaholic. The reason I was willing to work the steps when I came into the program is because of what I had done to my life before the program. And without a, you know, a, a criminal case coming down on me, without the, the loss of a medical license and without being expelled from my home and forced to move to another city and spend months in treatment and, and, more legal consequences. I, I I would not have had the willingness, you know, and I and I know this because I had the opportunity and the need before all that happened, uh, before I did that to my life. And so it's about willingness. Um, so I don't think there's anything to this issue of coming in and you know getting sober or not getting sober. There's no curse on you if you're, uh, you know if you've relapsed many times while being in the fellowship. The, there are instructions in the big book, and there are instructions in this book. And if I follow these instructions, then I get the results that other people who have followed these instructions. So if you are listening and you have not gotten sober, or if you're sponsoring someone who's having trouble getting sober, I encourage you to look honestly at the instructions in this book and the instructions in the big book and ask yourself, have I followed these instructions, and am I putting them into action in my life today? And if you can say yes to those questions, then you have worked the program. And if by some chance it isn't working for you, if you've done it all and it isn't working, then you can go say, uh, you know, I tried SA and it didn't work for me. But I, I, would, I would ask that if you haven't done all those things and are not willing to try, then if you leave SA, then you will say, I wasn't willing to give SA a try. Um, when I do SA according to my own directions, that conflicts with what I read in this book. So that's not an SA program when I, when I follow my own directions. So anyway, uh, end of that sermon. I cannot promise that there will not be another. Um,
Okay. Um, page 72 is where we decided we we're going to start today. I think some of this is a reread, but I think it's a good place to start. Getting an essay sponsor. Lauren, <clears throat> you want to start reading there? Yeah, Lauren, it's a Lauren. As we get into the steps, we find it indispensable to rely for help on those who have gone this way before. In 12-step programs, the term commonly used is sponsor. What we call the person doesn't matter, and we don't have to call them anything. Asking for help and accepting suggestions are what bring results. Experienced members advise getting a temporary sponsor as soon as one is serious about recovery. Later, when we are better established in the fellowship, we can choose another. Withdrawal from our addiction may leave us in a state of emotional and spiritual shock that can persist for some time. Our sexaholism has so separated us from reality and others that we may appear to others as being, quote-unquote, not there. We cannot tell the truth about ourselves because we are lost inside ourselves. And for some time we suffer from tunnel vision, nearsightedness, farsightedness, astigmatism, or all of them put together, anything but normal vision. Some gentle or not so gentle holding up of the mirror and prodding are usually necessary, and above all, we need the example of a life that's making it. Okay, let's take a, a moment there and look at what you read, Lauren, and see, are there any instructions in here? Um, well, I see a suggestion. Where? <laughs> or an observation. We find it indispensable to rely for help. Yes, I think I would consider that an instruction. I mean, it's not saying, it's not telling me what to do, but it's saying it's indispensable to do this. Uh, hmm, what does that mean? If I'm unsure, I can look up indispensable in a dictionary. Uh, what do you think it means, Lauren Lee? It's not an option. What's not an option? Um, to to rely on a sponsor, basically. It's not an option to rely on a sponsor? Um, it's not an option to rely on myself. It's indispensable. I must rely for help on those who have gone this way before. Right. So what we call it, asking for help and accepting suggestions are what brings results. You know, when, big, ooh, big, in the, when the big book was written, Bill Wilson was uh, required to change some of, of, of the language in it. And the first line of how it works in the original version before it was published read, Rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our directions. And then it continued on and it was very direct. And it said, do this, don't do that. Now you are ready and so forth. And uh, if you have decided you want what we have and are willing to go to any length, then you are ready to take certain steps. And so on. Um, that 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 one didn't get changed. But but my sponsor took me through the big book and said, "This is what we're going to do. If we're going to thoroughly follow the path in this book, we want to do that because we don't want to fail at recovery." Well, any time they suggested something or or reported that they did something, we're going to do it. And any time they observed something, we're going to observe it. And um, and so there are prayers, there are instructions, there are actions in the big book, and there are actions in the white book. So when we look at it that way, <clears throat> I think we have a, a much better resource than sometimes when we <clears throat> um, just sit around and read it and philosophize about it. So um, what else do you see here? For So asking for help and accepting suggestions are what brings results. So... Sounds to me like I can take that as an I don't have to take that as an instruction, but uh, if I want results, I you know this is telling me uh, that this is indispensable. So what else do you see for instructions? Um, experienced members advise getting a temporary sponsor as soon as one is serious about recovery. Um, Later, when we are better established in the fellowship, we can choose another. What this means to me is that I don't have to get married to my sponsor. Um, 
having a sponsor is more important than finding the perfect sponsor. And <laughs> a lot of times people have reported that their idea of what was a, a good fit for them was exactly what they didn't need um, and uh, and have found recovery by some by by following instructions of someone very different than them. Um, how, do you know anyone with that experience, Lauren? No one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What else? Lee, can you find any instructions in what we've read so far besides those? Holding up the mirror and producing, or yeah, or no prodding. Sorry, are usually necessary. And above all, we need the example of life that's making it. So this gives me a clue as to what I should look for in a sponsor. Someone who is living this way of life, and um, someone who has been along the path. I cannot see the truth about myself because I am lost inside myself. So the holding up of the mirror, what do you think that refers to? Some gentle or not so gentle holding up of the mirror. What does that mean? Looking inside yourself. What do you think it means, Lauren? Yeah, I think it just... Um, I guess asking probing questions or... Getting into the... Who asked those questions? Yeah. I cannot see the truth about myself because I am lost in myself. I suffer from tunnel vision, nearsightedness, whatever you want to call it. Anything but normal vision. So when I hold up the mirror, I hold up a funhouse mirror. I don't see myself with normal vision. That's what my sponsor can do. He's, he, he, it doesn't hurt his feelings at all if I'm self-centered and egotistical. He just does, it doesn't hurt his feelings. And so he can say that to me. And I don't like hearing it. But if I choose, I can look at that reflection and, um, and, and then also get the example of a life that, that's sober. Lee, you want to keep reading there? Um, that, that sentence of the next paragraph. The next paragraph. We take. we take responsibility for our own recovery, but we don't remain isolated and in charge of it. We surrender to God and take direction from the sponsor. Thus, we go to the meetings and start making our connection with people. Alone, we cannot make the transition to reality. Okay, so we surrender to God and take direction from the sponsor. This, to me, is a very uh, good way to connect the term surrender to something that's action. I've heard a lot of people say, I just can't figure out what surrender is. What does that mean? And, you know, you know I, don't, I don't know about them. But I know about me, and if I'm asking that question, I don't want to know what surrender is. I, I'm, I'm trying to, to wiggle out. So there's a lot of things about surrender in this book. We've already talked uh, 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 about some of them on page 66. There's something that says, the first test, surrender. And at the bottom of that page, it says, instead of either fighting or indulging, we surrender. We pick up the phone. We ask for help. We go to a meeting. So uh, here we're talking about surrender to God and taking direction from a sponsor. You know, it's very concrete. So I really, you know, I kind of shake my head when people say, just what is this surrender thing? One, one newcomer said in the meeting, I'm trying... I'm having a hard time getting a grip on letting go, and 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 that's a good thing. So I've heard I've heard a good one. Surrender is not trying harder, and surrender is not trying to figure out what surrender is. So here's one one uh, way in the middle of page seventy three. We surrender to God and take direction from the sponsor. So I would say taking direction from the sponsor. If I don't know what surrender to God means, I can start. 
by taking direction from the sponsor. And if the sponsor is the right sponsor for me, he's going to be able to teach me something about the first part. Okay. Thus, we go to meetings and start making our connection with people. You've read that, right? Alone, we cannot make the transition to reality? Mm -hmm. All right. Continue. Perfection in the sponsor is neither necessary nor possible. Taking the action of getting out of ourselves is what counts, even though this may not be what we feel like doing. The sponsor can help us conquer the delusion that we should only do what we feel like doing. Take the action, the sponsor says, and the feelings will follow. If you wait for the feelings first, it will never happen. We discover that in death, ego deflation is one of the keys to sobriety and growth, and asking for help often helps us achieve this. Asking for help is one way we start dismantling the wall of ego we built so carefully around ourselves. In reaching out to another, we reach out to the undiscovered best in ourselves. This confirms our commitment to sobriety, and it's the beginning of, the, of that radical change of attitude from being the center of the universe. Okay. Um, the, the, there's a bunch of good stuff in here. I mean, let's pick it apart. Perfection in the sponsor is neither necessary nor possible. What's that about? Why is that in there? They've told us that we should get a temporary sponsor as soon as possible. Um, we, we can we can get a long-term sponsor when later on. We don't have to do that right now. We can't see the truth about ourselves. Uh, we've got to take direction from the sponsor. Now it says perfection in the sponsor is neither necessary nor possible. Why is that there? I guess you slowly won't use it. Use it as an excuse for being picky. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I think, too. You know, I mean, I think he's saying the very simple thing over and over, and he's selling it. He, he's telling us why it's true. And he apparently he, he has uh, talked to or heard a lot of ad addicts have trouble with this thing about taking directions. I can understand it. I had to be really, really beaten into uh, a state of reasonableness in order to be willing to take direction from a sponsor. Perfection in the sponsor is neither necessary nor possible. None of my sponsors have been anywhere close to perfect. They've all had plenty of character defects, and I am very astute at spotting them. Why is that? Why am I so astute? Um, well, perhaps, perhaps I'll learn that later as I'm working the steps. Um, I don't need a perfect sponsor in, to, in order to recover. Um, the, the, he goes on and talks about in-depth ego deflation and dismantling the wall of ego. That's one of the, the things that I spot quickest in sponsors or anybody is their ego. And so, oh, if you're telling me what to do, well, this says you should have dismantled your ego. Why, why, are you, why do you have so many ego defects? And uh, I had a sponsor who, who, who uh, early on, who basically, you know, asked me, he said, how much time do you have? And I said, 90 days. And I said, where have you been these 90 days? Have you been on the beach? He's like, no, I've been in a treatment center, and now I'm in a halfway house. He's like, oh, okay. Well, if I want to go to a treatment center and, and, and live in a halfway house, then maybe I'll be interested in what you have to say. And I didn't like that very much. But, you know, he had two years, and I had 90 days, and I was desperate. Um, and looking back, I can see that he's true. You know, if I'm walking around with a little uh, plastic band on my wrist and they've taken away my shoelaces because I'm not safe, you know, this, this fault finding is not going to help me. And I, I have worked the program for a while and have not completely dismantled my uh, wall of ego, which some of you may have been astute enough to notice even without me telling you. But... Um, 
You know, this is another excuse. It's not about my sponsor's imperfections. It's about mine. That's what's blocking me from from living. So there is so much in the way of me following directions, and it's all inside of me. All right. Who wants to continue? I wanted to stay in charge. That's why God in healing could never get to me. There are a few absolute requirements a prospective sponsor should have, but a period of comfortable sexual sobriety, including progressive victory over lust, is surely a must. Another requirement is that he or she be ahead of us in working the steps. The norm is that men sponsor men and women sponsor women. We follow direction and make regular contact, meaning face-to-face when possible once a week or more, especially in the beginning. Some newcomers also find daily phone contact very helpful. The one who needs help does the calling. We give up the old, the old idea of being catered to. Having sponsors with our particular form of acting out doesn't seem to matter as much as having those who are incorporating the principles of the steps and traditions in their lives and who walk like they talk. Okay. Um, there are few absolute requirements. So that doesn't mean there are no absolute requirements. This means that there are a few absolute requirements. Um, so it seems like uh, a period of comfortable sexual sobriety, including, and my sponsor wants, uh, uh, wants me to uh, add, uh, I agree with him, especially including progressive victory over lust, is surely a must. So that sounds like... That is a requirement. Another requirement is that he or she be ahead of us in working the steps. He cannot take me somewhere that he hasn't gone. Then there's some, no- it says the norm. It's, it's, it's beginning to talk about things which are not absolutely requirements. Um, how do I find out whether they, are, if, I'm, if I'm sponsoring men, uh, if I'm a man, I'm sponsoring men, and I have some, some, here, some things here, well, you know, a woman has asked me to sponsor her. Um, what should I do? Should I just say, oh, it says, you know, uh, women sponsor women, men sponsor men, and say no to her? Is that what I should do, Lauren? What do you think? Well, it says this is the norm. So um, apparently there's some exceptions there. Okay, but what should I do? I, 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 a woman has asked me to sponsor her. Yeah. Hypothetically speaking, what should I do? Kill your sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I should do. Um, and, and my sponsor will help me find God's will in the situation. He may, be, he may do it by asking questions, or he may do it just by, just by saying, no, you sponsor men. That may be what my sponsor says, in which case that's what I'm going to do. Is that the perfect suggestion? Uh, I don't know. You know, but I find that if I follow the sponsor's directions, I get a lot better help. Um, now, it turns out that I am taking a woman through the steps currently. And I agreed to do that after talking to my sponsor and praying and setting some very clear boundaries, um, including uh, all of our uh, uh, contact uh, is over the phone, not in person. Uh, at least all of our, you know, one-on-one contact. And I did not hear her fifth step. She went to Nashville to um, uh, share her fifth step with a woman in SA there. Now, this is, you know, not a requirement, but this is what I came up with with my sponsor, um, with my sponsor's guidance and with prayer. So this is not the norm, uh, what I did, what I've done here. Um, But... um, uh, the point is, you know, it's about it's about following directions from somebody outside my own head that keeps me safe. And then it talks about our particular form of acting out. I've heard people feel like that they can't work with a sponsor who doesn't act out the way they do, and I. I think it's okay to seek, you know, if I feel uncomfortable with people or if I feel misunderstood with people who don't act out the way I act out, it's okay for me to look for someone 
who, who, who shares that. But like it says, I need to get a temporary sponsor right away. And if I, you know, want to keep looking for the the right sponsor, uh, you know, who understands me, I, I can do that while I'm uh, working with a temporary sponsor. So, um, and and then like a, like this says, you know, that really doesn't doesn't matter as much as having the guidance of somebody who's actually walking like they talk. And um, okay. What what does it say next? Lauren. You can read on? Yeah. Why sponsors know they can't carry the sexaholic. They can only carry the message of their own recovery. Thus, they do not get involved in giving advice or bearing responsibility for the other person. Likewise, we do not become dependent on the sponsor in the way we were with parents, spouses, lovers, or even professionals. The goal of a good sponsor is the mutual independence and spiritual and emotional maturity of the individual to help the person start walking the right path in the right direction. The wise sponsor will also let the person know that their relationship alone is not enough. The person is going to have to make his or her connection with the group and become part of it. Okay, who are these instructions for? Sponsor. sponsor. A lot of them are for the sponsor. Not all of them, but um, those first ones are. Um, can't carry the sexaholic. What does that look like if I try to carry the sexaholic? Have you ever known anybody that tried to carry the sexaholic? Lauren? Um, I don't know about carrying the sexaholic, but definitely getting bent out of shape. If, if I felt like I was more interested in their recovery than they were. Mm. So, Do sexaholics act that way? <laughs> Probably do myself. Uh, I think I've been there on both ends of that. Um, okay, they do not get involved in giving advice or bearing responsibility. Okay, don't get involved in giving advice and bearing responsibility for the other person. Okay, now this thing about giving advice, what does that mean? If I'm a sponsor, I shouldn't give advice. Is that, is that what does that mean? that mean I shouldn't give instructions on how to work the steps or on how to stay sober? Should I, should I just call them suggestions instead of instructions? Does it, does it not mean giving advice like financial advice or advice in all sorts of other areas of their life <laughs> that aren't... Strictly program related. I think I think you're you're I think you're on target there. Uh, I have had a sponsor that gave me financial advice, religious advice, uh, uh, fashion advice, all kinds of stuff, and um, and it and it did not work very well for me. I am sure also that I have engaged in advice giving, although. I would need the help of a lot of people uh, over many years to, to create a complete inventory because I've probably have forgotten. But um, I, I do think, uh, man, I've got an opinion uh, about everything from uh, brain surgery to hemorrhoids. I heard a AA member say one time, and um, I will speak on something that I know nothing about with the same conviction as something that I have years of training in. And and so I I like to, you know, share my opinion when asked um, on these other things. And and most of the time if it's outside my area uh, of of experience, then I do well if I suggest that someone ask for help. <laughs> from someone who actually knows something about finance or about fashion or about whatever. Um, uh, but, you know, there are other things that I uh, enjoy and have my own uh, experience with, and I can share that, and that's not in the nature of advice giving. I, I personally have to watch it. Um, I, I'm grateful for this opportunity to 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 talk a bit, um, uh, but but um, 
in a relationship, that doesn't always work. Um, I want I want to learn to listen, and um, my opinion is not as right nearly as often as I think it is. And even knowing that, I'll still think I'm right more often than I'll actually be. So um, I, I guess I guess this gets down to not taking myself too seriously. Um, which does not mean I shouldn't take this process seriously. But okay, what about the dependence thing? We do not become dependent on the sponsor. That's an instruction for the sponsee, I think. Mm-hmm. The way we were with parents, spouses, lovers, or even professionals. What are they talking about here? Tracker, you have an opinion? Well, you asked for it. Uh, <laughs> Um, I mean, wouldn't that be like, I don't know, it's it's like I shouldn't go in looking for a sponsor who's going to fix all my problems. Yeah. They're just another sick person, too. If I was dependent with parents, spouses, lovers, or professionals, it's not a healthy relationship pattern. And if I use that same pattern with my sponsor, then I'm not going to have a healthy relationship with my sponsor. And that's going to get in the way of what the relationship is about. And here here it says what it's about. The goal of a good sponsor is the eventual independence and spiritual and emotional maturity of the individual. It does say eventual. And in my case, that 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 seems like a very long time, uh, but I do see progress in the direction of spiritual and emotional maturity. I can report that, and and I think if you ask my sponsor, he will report that about me and about many other men that he sponsored. I can certainly report it about uh, men that I've sponsored. Um, okay to help the person start walking the right path. The wise sponsor. Okay, wise sponsors. Um, I want to be a wise sponsor. Let the person know that their relationship alone is not enough. What does that look like? The person is going to have to make his or her connection with the group and become part of. What does that look like? In the relationship between sponsor and sponsee, the sponsor will let the person know. So how, what does that look like when the sponsor lets the person know? Has anyone ever let you know? Or have you ever let anyone know that your relationship as sponsor and sponsee is not enough? That's a good reason not to become dependent on it. If the relationship is not enough and I become dependent on it, then I've, I've, I, I, I've got something that I'm looking to save me that isn't enough. So for me, um, I've become dependent on sponsors, and there's a point in my recovery once when I was about seven years sober that I was using my sponsor the way I'd always done. I had something that was getting me all in a tizzy, and I was calling him up and going, ah! And he just said, read page 68 and call me back. Click. And, you know, I thought that was that was mighty unkind of him, but I did it, and, um, you know, after a while I got the message. You know, there's a point where the, this eventual independence has to happen, and I had to start being weaned from my uh, over-dependence on my sponsor. It wasn't always over-dependence. There was a time where it was really, really the right thing to do for me to call up my sponsor every time I had a, you know, a boo-boo, because I could act out if I <laughs> if I didn't, uh, you know, get help. Um, uh, but there was also a point at which I grew enough to where he needed to spend his time with guys who were earlier on in recovery, and he didn't need to listen to me going blah, 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 blah. So um, 
that's one one thing in my experience that it's looked like. I've also, I think, had to be careful. I can I can get engaged in these unhealthy relationships both on the being too dependent and being the the rescuer, meaning that somebody who wants to be taken care of, I'll go in and try to be, uh, you know, the the hero. And so I have to be very careful, and I'm sensitive to um, to this whole issue. So uh, there's been a n- number. I, I one of the ways that I deal with this is I tell people to make a lot of calls. Um, I, I think the more people, the the, the more uh, long-term relationships I establish in recovery, the better off I am. Okay. So continuing on. Um, Typically, who's who's trying to read? I'll go. Typically, when we come into the program, all kinds of personal problems are utmost uppermost in our mind. Pending separation or divorce, problems of romance, and occupational health, legal or money crises. Most of us felt that. If only the problems would go away, we would be okay. What we did not realize was that it is because of and within these very problems that the program works. The program doesn't work in a vacuum. It only works in the day-to-day ebb and flow of our lives. Trial, tribulation, and pain are the soil in which the steps can germinate, take root, and find fruition in our lives. Keep going. Thus, every problem, no matter how small or great, every crisis, resentment, pain, illness, stress, conflict, depression, any and all of them, without exception, can be turned into good. Every time we feel overwhelmed, our sponsor can point the way out of self-pity, resentment, or fear, and onto right thinking, helping us say, I thank God for the good and the seemingly bad as necessary for my growth. Thy will, not mine, be done. The value the sponsors receive, if they are where they should be, is the experience of working their own program in a way otherwise impossible. There is something that only working with others can give us. It is truly a gift, even if the one seeking help is ungrateful or doesn't stay sober. We help, expecting nothing in return, and the measure we receive is the measure we've given of ourselves to another. Okay, now I want to look at uh, the big book there, page 94, talking about what the sponsor gets. So on page 94, instructions for a sponsor, they didn't call it a sponsor in the big book, but um, it developed into, this role developed into a sponsor role in in AA. And um, begins with this line, outline the program of action. Lee, you want to read from there? There. Outline the program of action, explaining how you made a self-appraisal, how you straightened out your past, and why you are now in, in, de- in endeavoring, endeavoring thank you, to be helpful to him. It is important for him to realize that your attempt to pass this on to him plays a vital part in your own recovery. Actually, he may be helping you more than you are helping him. Make it plain he is under no obligation to you and that you hope only that he will try to help other alcoholics when he escapes his own difficulties. Suggest how important it is that he place the welfare of other people ahead of his own. Make it clear that he is not under pressure, that he needn't see you again if he doesn't want to. You should not be offended if he wants to call it off for he has helped you more than you have helped him. If your talk has been sane, quiet, and full of human understanding, you have perhaps made a friend. Maybe you have disturbed him about the question of alcoholism. This is all to the good. The more hopeless he feels, the better. He will be more likely to follow your suggestions. Thanks, Lee. Okay. Now, I think this is really important for for me to remember... um, when I'm working with others. This is a vital part of my own recovery. And if I'm helping someone else, I need to keep telling them that. 
I need to keep telling them that. It's really true. When people said it to me early on, I thought it was, you know, just a, a, a nice thing to say. You know, they're just being nice. They're just telling me that. You know, it's not really true. I know today that it really is true. And uh, it's important, I think, for me to do all I can to get the message out there. That if that when I was the most miserable I've ever been, and I became willing to ask for help, I had a great gift to give. And that was asking for help and following directions of someone who needed that as a vital part of their own recovery. When I accept your help, then I give you a gift. Especially if giving that is what you have to do for your own life. So if you are at miserable, you know, at 2 o'clock in the morning and think nobody cares and, you know, how can I wake somebody up, you know, please remember. And, and if I'm working with somebody and I'm thinking, well, after all I've done for him, you know, I'm getting, getting it backwards. If I'm angry because they're not, you know, following my instructions or, you know, uh, they're, not less, they're not giving sufficient, you know, heed to my uh, wisdom, then I'm, <laughs> the problem's in me. Um, he is under, he may be helping you more than you are helping him make it plain. He is un, under no obligation to you. So, you know, when people thank me for my time, I feel like this is what I, I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to make it plain. You're under no obligation. There's nothing to thank me for. Um, I thank them back. That's all I know how to do. Um, and my only hope is that you will try to help other alcoholics when you escape your own difficulties. If you've asked me for help and I'm helping or doing my best to help, uh, that's all I want. I want you to get the awakening in your life that will allow you to be sober and happy and free and able to help others. And um, no pressure. You know. Now this is about, you know, uh, some folks will, will argue and they'll be right that this is about a very particular point in the, in the arrangement. But, uh, you know, when, when you have just met him uh, and then uh, he's... Uh, is this before or after he's read the book? Um, yeah, yeah, no, this is before he's read the book. So this is really on the first meeting. Um, but the principles, I think, are very important. And there's another passage on page 18. Um, the, the last paragraph. Um, actually, let's, the last two paragraphs. Somebody read that? Sure. But the ex-problem drinker who has found the solution, who is properly armed with facts about himself, can generally win the entire confidence of another alcoholic in a few hours. Until such an understanding is reached, little or nothing can be accomplished. Okay, if I'm an ex-problem drinker who has found this solution, I'm properly armed with facts about who? Myself. Myself. And when I get into telling you who you are, who you you know about yourself, see my finger, yeah, the, the old Alanon thing, and three pointing back at me. I've got to be careful. I don't like it when people do that to me. I don't like it when people tell me what I think and or or you know what my motives are or you know define me as a sexaholic or or a, any other thing. I do, I don't respond well to that. It's a character defect of mine. But I have found when people talk to me about their own experience in a way that I can relate, then can generally win the confidence of another alcoholic in a few hours. That's identification. If you just tell me your experience, identification is possible. It, it can't be forced. And I may not be ready. Or it may not, it may not be the right thing. I, I, I may not 
be able to identify with every person. But identification is possible when I take this approach. And it says, until such an understanding is reached, little or nothing can be accomplished. Okay, keep going. That the man who is making the approach has had the same difficulty that he obviously knows what he's talking about, that this whole deportment shouts at the new prospect that he is a man with a real answer, that he has no attitude of holier than thou, nothing whatever except the sincere desire to be helpful, that there are no fees to pay, no axes to grind, no people to please, no lectures to be endured. These are the conditions we have found most effective. After such an approach, many take up their beds and walk again. What does that mean, many take up their beds and walk again? Become healed? Yeah. It's very biblical. Yes, I, I think that's exactly what it is. It doesn't mean that I... You know, just got out of my sleeping bag and rolled it up and, and, and got up and walked off. It, 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 this is a story about someone who's crippled. And he is take, take, takes up their bed and walks again. Is, is uh, I believe it's in the Gospel of Mark and also in John. Um, but um, the, the uh, you know... The man who is making the approach has had the same difficulty. You know, I heard you tell your stories, and I knew that we had the same problem. That he obviously knows what he is talking about. Now, not everybody that I've seen in here has obviously known <laughs> what he was talking about. And I don't think I already, I, I, I think I'm, you know, like I say, I've had the plastic wristband. Um, that his whole deportment shouts. What's deportment? The way he carries himself. One thing that it's not, it's not my mouth. So it's not my whole mouth shouts at the new prospect, which has happened before. Both I've been on both the receiving and the giving end of that, unfortunately. Um, it doesn't work well. Um... But I have also met people who exemplify this, the way they carry themselves. Something inside me just knows that they have something. That's an answer. No attitude of holier than thou. Wow, that's a hard one. Um, nothing whatever except the sincere desire to be helpful. You know, it says other places in the book we cannot be helpful to all people, but we can take a kindly and tolerant view to each and every one. God will show us how. And um, that's what I want to do, you know, with people, you know, it, that I don't connect with. You know, I'm not going to connect with everyone. Not everyone is going to, uh, you know, I'm not going to win everyone's confidence. But I can, I, you know, some people I, I connect with, and, and some people have won my confidence in this way also. No fees to pay, no access to grind, no people to please, no lectures to be endured. This, this goes back to, on page 94, make it plain he is under no obligation to you. These are the conditions we have found most effective. So these are ideal, uh, but, but th this is what I view as, as a good set of instructions on page 18 and page 94. Um, of the big book also. And there's more. There's many more instructions in the chapter working with others and um, all kinds of other things that kind of come out of the steps. Um, so all that being said, you know, this is get a temporary sponsor. I, I personally have changed sponsors for uh, several times during my recovery. Uh, I admire, you know, I, I have a dear friend that's had the same sponsor for 32 years. I think that is really cool, um, and um, but but that just has not been my path, and the reasons for changing have been various. Um, but there are good reasons to change sponsors, and there's also good reasons to let sponsees go. Um, and, and I think the biggest thing to remember here is that 
I need to be concerned about my role in the relationship and, you know, if I am uh, changing sponsors and I'm letting my sponsor go, I need to let him know that, you know, I found somebody else to be my sponsor and and thank him for, for all he's done for me. If he doesn't react well to that, then that's a sign that I probably made the right decision. Um, but but every, you know most of the time there is one there is one who got really upset and just kind of you know promised me that I was going to relapse and you know just uh, just yelled at me in meetings <laughs> several times over it and um, you know cross talked and all kinds of stuff and a guy uh, you know. I, I, the sponsor I got was a good one, and that that guy is no longer in the fellowship, as far as I know. But but um, he was my sponsor, and he did help me a, a lot for for several months. Um, and then you know letting letting sponsees go. Uh, I think I think if I this dependence thing, if 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 we follow these instructions about the dependence, then you know changing for me. I got a great bit of advice from a guy in Nashville. It wasn't advice. He was just sharing what he does with his sponsees. But I, I think it's it's really what I want in my, my program. He, he tells all of his sponsees at the beginning, look, I've got some suggestions, uh, you know, that, that, that I give to men that I sponsor on, on how to work the steps and how to stay sober. And if you follow those suggestions, then I'm your sponsor. And if you don't, then I'm your friend. And I don't care which it is, but you're going to decide based on what you choose to do. You know, you can tell me whatever you want to tell me, and you can call me whatever you want to call me, but the relationship of a sponsor and a sponsee only happens when the the two people show up for the relationship. If I'm a sponsor, the way I show up is by loving the men I sponsor and by guiding them through the steps, basically, and helping them with stuff, sharing my experience on, on how to stay sober, you know, when it's appropriate. And if I'm a sponsee, the way I show up is by keeping my sponsor informed about what's going on with my daily recovery and by following directions. If I don't want to follow my sponsor's directions, I need to find a sponsor whose directions I am willing to follow. And if I got a willingness problem, you know, that might be the bartender. You know, <laughs> my next sponsor. Um, but but it's important. Uh, and that's what sponsorship is about for me. A lot of people have different ideas and some of those ideas are working for them. I, I see that. Um, but that's what has worked for me, and I, and I really I really like that way uh, of making it clear. It's not it's not my you know it doesn't matter what we call the relationship. You know what matters is does it follow the pattern of of you know uh, asking for help and taking direction. So anyway, that's what I call being sponsored. All right. Anything else on this? Lauren, you got anything? Right now. Anyone else? Uh, I guess I should have read this when I first the sponsor. Just uh I mean it, it, it it's a roadmap. It, it just helps. Yeah, yeah. And and I think um also it's helpful for me to keep reading this stuff. There's just so much in here. These instructions, I'm not going to remember them all. I don't care if I read this thing ten times. So reading this, you know, again and again, little bits at a time is very helpful. And this approach, which my AA sponsor, uh, previous sponsor taught me in the big book, and which my current sponsor does with both the big book and the white book, and the 12 and 12, reading it and breaking it down, seeing what does it mean and how do I apply that practically in my life. It's very important. I mean, if I were trying to bake a cake, you know, would I read the recipe and then say, where's my cake? 
I might. Um, at certain points in my life, I, I really might have. Um, but, you know, we know very clearly that if I don't follow the directions in the recipe with the proper ingredients, there will not be a cake. Or if I partially follow the recipe, follow some instructions and not others, substitute ingredients, well, the cake, there will be a cake that may not taste the way it was advertised to taste. And, um, and yet, we don't apply this very simple knowledge to the directions in this book. I think that's a symptom of, of our disease. You know, that's my opinion, um, but, but it, it's my, it fits with my observation and my experience about myself and others. So, um, a conscious effort to go through the book in this way uh, with a sponsor and to follow these instructions, I think, has been very helpful. Okay, um, so it, it is truly a gift, even if the one seeking help is ungrateful or doesn't stay sober. That is true. The people who have wanted help but weren't willing to follow directions, it's been very valuable for me to see the results that they get living that way because I've got the same disease that they've got. And that could be me. But for the grace of God and for my willingness today, which has never been perfect, but but has has uh, has been enough for me to stay sober for uh, a few 24 hours in a row. So, um, all right. First aid. First aid. Here's how two people helped each other stay sober when they had no group. I found one other member in a 12-step program who also wanted sexual sobriety. I was 49 and he was 21. He was single and I was married. I was a college graduate and he was a high school dropout. We had little in common, but we started calling each other almost daily. We would get current with our lust temptations, telling each other what we were, t- what we were going through to break the power that experience or fantasy had over us. Then we also started getting current with our resentments. Lust and resentment thus began to evaporate as we brought them to the light, much as sunlight dispels a fog. I call it the daily double, getting rid of both daily. When temptation was especially intense, we'd pick up the phone and call right away. Sometimes we'd pray together, giving up our lust and resentments to one another as they came up. turned out to be a very effective form of surrender. What a marvelous freedom and joy it brought. And in the process, we were breaking out of that deadly isolation we had locked ourselves into. I look back on that time as one of the highlights of my entrance into the program. I was beginning to come to life. Okay. Now, um, what's happening here? Connection. Yeah. Connection. Willingness. Willingness. Readers honesty. Where do you see willingness? Um, the fact that there wasn't an obvious connection, but they realized they needed each other to. Um, yeah, we had little in common, but we started calling each other daily. That's that's willingness. My old way of doing things when I had little in common with someone. What what was your old way of doing things? Dismiss them from the get-go. Isn't that every time for them? Yeah, that's right. And I would have never walked into a a group with a bunch of people like there were in, in that meeting in Nashville when I first went. Um, but yeah, I wanted sexual sobriety. Um, what else is in here? What else is willingness? Pick up the phone right away and, and, and share their struggles, their their lust. Yes, started calling each other almost daily. Get current. 
with our lust temptations. That that is something that I don't want to do. It feels awkward, especially when I've never done it before. It felt awkward. The thing was, life was unbearably shameful at that point, and so <laughs> I was able to tolerate it because I, you know, was getting convicted of a sex crime, and and just you know, I was in the in the hometown paper, and I was just miserable, and so this was less. This was actually a relief for me, telling each other what we were going through to break the power that experience or fantasy had over us. Now, what else can happen if I if I do this? It, we also started getting current with our resentments, lust and resentment. Thus began to evaporate as they we brought them into the light, much as sunlight dispels a fog. So, if I talk about my lust and my resentments, then they'll evaporate? I think they can. But I think it's also possible for me to talk about my lust in a way that feeds my lust. And to talk about my resentment in a way that feeds my resentment. And that's what the steps and what other instructions in this uh, are, are to help me for. And so this is where my sponsor said, this is not a replacement for the steps. The fellowship of SA is very important. But it is the program of SA that is in the steps, which is the necessary and vital part. And the fellowship that I get in this is only going to contribute to recovery if it supports the recovery program. So going out, hanging out with people, and, and going to movies and going to dinner and all that is great. But if it's not supporting recovery and sobriety, well, then it's just the same thing I did in my disease. You know, it's just like I have different uh, people I'm hanging out with today, but it's the same thing. I am just uh, getting fellowship to ease my loneliness so that I can uh, keep doing things my own way. So it's real important. I, you know, I've seen a lot of healthy fellowship uh, especially in Memphis, uh, it's just really dip. But I've, uh, you know, it, some a little in Memphis and, and 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 more in Nashville and in other places. I've seen places where where people turn the meeting into a social event, and they're really not there for recovery. Maybe they're there to get a little off their chest so they can feel a little better, but they're there just to connect. And um, so. I, I just I think my sponsor's suggestion that this is not a replacement for the steps is a very, very good one. I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.